how do you say record in parlez-vous français? Je ne sais pas. I don't know, but I can I can word reference it, and then I can pretend to say it with my horrible R's. My R's are so bad. It's just embarrassing. The other day, yesterday, I went to go pick up a package, and this woman spoke so quickly <laughs> that I, for, I panicked, panicked, and I was like, ah! I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm American. <laughs> and I didn't even <laughs> Donald Trump, American. <laughs> and she, and her English was perfect, which is like not uncommon. Her English was incredible. But then I got the wrong package because I was so anxious. And also, I don't know. It was just like a weird thing. But I was so mad at myself because I'm like, I could have talked to that woman. And I could have said, can you please slow down? Yeah. So you that- should- you, yeah, you, you need to learn how to say like, um, like I'm developmentally delayed or something. So they don't think you're American, but that that you're just like a, a a French simpleton or something like, or or just like whatever the French version of like dyslexia is. I wonder what it is. It's probably dyslexia. Yeah, it's it's probably some like American slang. Like they, they like, uh, you 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 have a Z- Alabama. <laughs> like that's just, that's the term for uh yeah delayed um i feel like i'm i'm like i'm i'm dipping my toe in cancel culture verbiage right now i like <laughs> make not. yeah <laughs> better I, not i know uh so all right so this is taylor martin if you if you haven't picked up the french subtext <laughs> uh the subtitles um if you remember her from i don't remember how what was like it was a year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It was a year ago, right when you were beginning the journey to sobriety, and now you have made it the year. Congratulations. Thank you. So how does it feel? What's how does it feel different from? Uh, when did you make a year? October fifteenth. Okay. So how does it feel from then? to good god it's early over here how does it (laughs) you speaking of speaking english um what's different from october 15th 2020 to october 15th 2019 oh a lot um so much it's uh we can talk about like are we talking about just like physically physically or like emotionally or like just like um, Anything you want to do. You know what? I can't even, Jed, I can't fucking believe I went through the last year sober. Yeah, Let I'm me, with you. My, in, in addition to COVID and being in a country that I don't speak and all these things, my dad, um, so like, you know, my dad's an alcoholic mm-hmm. or was. My dad's six months sober right now. No way. Can't. No way, way, get this. In, so March in South Carolina, he, he, was in, he was a teacher. In March, he had to be quarantined and also had a, a very bad upper respiratory infection and they refused to test him for COVID in March. Shocking, he probably had COVID, but because he was in quarantine, my dad alone in quarantine as an alcoholic was not okay. And he had a huge mass on his jaw but they wouldn't test him because he had the upper respiratory infection that could have maybe been COVID. And so he sat 
and anxiety and, and, and tequila and upper respiratory infection for a month. Then he got tested it, in a matter of two weeks. It went from, oh yeah, we just need it. That's something that can be removed. Don't worry about it. Two weeks later, it's that stage four and you're fucked. Joe, what kind of cancer? Jaw? Jaw, like so it was a, a result of his smoking cigarettes. So they- Oh, oh he yeah. got jaw cancer from smoking cigarettes? I don't know if it was jaw cancer, but it was just like a stage four massive something. He's had oh. different melanomas and things. And also like my dad and I, are not like we're not communicating because I have boundaries with him at this time right and so because he's so sick and he's and I because he's so sick I'm like well I'm not I can't come home to come home to take care of you would actually be torture that would be I would be killing myself to come and take care of because he's so he's already sick yeah it's just it was it would not have been a healthy situation for me and like that's was he ask, the, was he asking you to no, he actually insisted that I not come home. Yeah. He said, we, he was sober for like an hour one morning when we were on the phone. And he said, if you want, and this was like, it was the best thing. He said, if you want to ruin your life, you'll come home and take care of me. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to ruin my life. And he's like, then you need to fucking stay there. And I was like, okay, that's great. So he, it takes two and a half, three months for him to eventually get the procedure where they like do the stuff. He almost dies in ICU, all these things. While my dad is drinking himself into oblivion, my mom steps in. They haven't spoken in 20 years. Yeah. My mom steps in and starts taking care of him. That's fucking weird. My aunts are angry. Oh, I probably, well. And then I have all of this crazy family drama. Like people were threatening to sue me because I couldn't control the hospital. People was, in your family? Yeah. Hmm. It was, and these are like, just projections of pain and fear because people are being wrecking they're they're seeing mortality and mm -hmm. there's somebody they love is dying and they don't know how to handle their grief and so they're projecting it on me and i am broke and scared because my father's dying mm -hmm. and also sober which is unheard of during this like i i spent three months we were well two and a half months by myself in my apartment just alone just alone like dealing well and it was just like the most I don't know how I made I did it so but I did it so brilliant it was so interesting to feel all of those things and not exacerbate it or numb it with booze yeah. and, and, it, and I had it I had it I have I still have the liquor from from when I went sober I still have it in my house yeah that's a weird it, that's actually I mean that's a that's an old sober trick and it because it's kind of like you're defeating the panic mechanism mechanism so it's like you know in the back of your mind that if I, if there's a there's a um there's a get out of jail free card there's an escape hatch there's some there's a you know there's a safe room like if it really goes bad i have that and i have it on hand and it's there so it's kind of like okay then let's try to tackle this it's it's a it's a lot more panic inducing to not have anything right so it's yeah. it's that a lot of people do that you're not the only you're not the only one and it's true you're right and early on so like early early recovery for me too was like it's like a whole it's like a whole new drug or like feeling especially coming from like alcohol where it was just complete numb um like sledgehammer of to all your emotions so it's like 
you're feeling all this stuff again. And it's actually really kind of, it's, it's like a new drug, right? It, it's exciting. It's cool. Um, and for me, it, it, I've definitely gotten over the using or drinking to whenever something catastrophic happens. It's more um, when things are going good that that's more danger zone for me because it's like, Oh, okay. Like I've, I've got my shit together. Like things are good. I, I, you know, I can have a little reward, but if something bad happens, I know that drinking is not going to make it better. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, but that's what was the quarantine situation in, um, in France at the time, at the time. So before we couldn't leave, you can only go to if you if you were in an area where you had to go to work because everyone was required to work from home except for certain industries like nurses and I don't know what else actually. Um, they could go to work, but they had to have like a piece of paper that was certified. If we left the house, we had to have a document on our phones. At first it was paper, but then it was on our phones every single day refilled out and we could only be gone for an hour to like go. And pe- there was like Whoa. police rolling it. So it was serious. Um, yeah, they were not up and around. Um, if there was like on the weekends, there'd be helicopters going over the beach because you know like, I lived at the beach to make sure that there was nobody on the beach because the beaches were closed. One time I thought that I misread the news and I went to the beach early and I was policed. They call it like I was controlled and they were like, <laughs> Madam, you can walk, but you cannot sit. And I was like, but the sun, <laughs> I was like, but the sun's out. Don't not you for see? you, it is not. But the sun's out and I'm here and I want to be here. Like, I want to be here with the sand. The sun is a luxury for healthy countries. Not us. Get out of here. But now, you know, now we have, um, I was about to say, we have bedtime. We have curfew. We have to be inside by 9 p.m. Did y'all have a resurgence too? That's part of what I want to get to is like the Europe response versus the American response. But we'll we'll table that. So we'll still... uh, keep it on okay so yeah so that's what you were going through first first three months sober that's quite that's a lot it was after the first 90 days but it was like my first 90 days were through january and that was incredible you know that's like i've never been so high in my entire life those first 90 days oh yeah weird it's awesome your body is pumping out some chemicals i didn't i was like I can do anything. Yeah. And I was in. Oh, there there go my after, ferrets demanding yeah, to be let out. Keep, keep talking. Okay. So then after the first 90 days, that clusterfuck happened. And that I lasted the majority of the summer. Um, and then some other weird shit happened. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, I, I stayed in a relationship with a person that um, I should not have. And a French man. No, well, he's a French citizen, but he's Moroccan and he's gorgeous. But well, of course, um, he's Moroccan. This guy, he's just a specimen. <laughs> but um, you know, we are very different, and there, I'm not. I I went approached a relationship saying like I'm not ready to be in a relationship, and and yet, a, like not a year later, my lease is up and he's like well you can i want you to stay here so you can just stay with me mm-hmm. and so i did that i moved in with him and it was like not it just was not we have a lot of we're just very different mm-hmm. we're very different we're culturally different like as human beings we're different 
whatever. And so, um, I was really true. I though there's been one moment out of all of this where I was, I was incredibly tempted to drink and we, um, some, a lot of times, like when he is angry, he'll say things that are really verbally abusive. And like, that's not verbally abusive. Like the definition it's, of abuse in Morocco is not the same as the yeah, definition. Cultural differences. Yeah. And so, um, and I'm not gonna give examples, but like just really, really bad shit. And I was really triggered. I'll, and I'll, so, I'll give a, a comedic example to break the ice. Was he like, you resemble the family cow when we take <laughs> for milking, except it is no good for milk anymore. Something like that. No. Um, <laughs> he said no. Something, something exactly along the lines of, um, you know, I find having sex with you to be a chore. Oh. And I. Good and grief. And I see other women I to have sex with them. Wow, yeah. that's very blunt. <laughs> it's, it's you know when you're angry you say mean shit. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And like a and think like a series of those types of comments back to back to back to back to back, and so like that's not kind. Um, no, men take notes. <laughs> it's more than I think. Don't don't compare intimacy to chores. <laughs> Please don't. And also, like if your partner wants to have sex, suck it up and just like have just like. I know. Hard? Just do the dishes already. Jeez. <laughs> take you out know? the trash, bro. It's once a week. Say- I don't know about you. Okay, so I wrote, I actually wrote an article about this. Um, one of the biggest, and, and I've heard this from women all over, the, one of the most significant changes in, in being abstinent, not sober, but abstinent has been that I, um, I like, I, I love my body and like, I wanna have sex all of the time and I don't need alcohol to have sex, which is really, really, it's, it's, it's a nuance concept for me like I can't I never could have sex soberly before my whole adult life and so now I'm like let's go and you're gorgeous and you get some and you get some like who wants this and uh for that to be the risk and for that to be the response was just like but so yeah. I'm so I'm wrong you know anyway so yeah oh yeah and that's totally like oh wait so you know, do I need to go back to drunk version of me? Is that what would, you know, am I, is my authentic self like actually terrible? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah, man, that's some, so how were you achieving sobriety? Was this like completely on your own or? I write a lot. I journal a lot. Um, I look at and I use sometimes I look at Instagram a lot. Like I have some sober Instagram buddies, but I like, like, I like some of the communities, but you know, what? it's really, I'm so into the NA beverage scene. Like I'm really enthused by alcohol free products and just like trying to find yeah. <laughs> alcohol things that taste good. That it's kind of been a motivation. Yeah. And yeah. also just like, if I can't do something for one year for myself, it's just one year. And that was the, that was the thing. That was the original thought was, it's just going to be one year. Like it's not going to kill me. And if I die sober, I'm not going to regret not having had that last whatever, because I've had so much in my lifetime. Like, how could I, I'm not going to regret. Yeah. 
mine mine was two it was like all right i'm gonna give it two solid years of of like commitment yeah um and now i don't you know it's after the that date passed now i'm just like well that's fine like we went to we went to dinner the other night i left i got an apartment on my own and it's actually been way a much healthier you know he he sees me oh my god i love you that's so freaking cute i know i want to i want to boop your nose my little face um but we went out to dinner and like not having in my head the for whatever reason like the oh it's been one like the one year target and we went out and i was like no i definitely want a diet coke i don't care that you have beautiful champagne like give me mostly because like diet coke is a rarity here and so it was party time it is so <laughs> opposite america yeah, 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 yeah. There are very few, like, except for, like, I really developed a taste for mojito, strawberry mojitos, like homemade. I just love, like, sweet, fruity um, lady drinks um, to to add gender to a beverage. But that was, like, so those are the only things that I'm ever, like, like, oh, yeah, that sounds good right now. But otherwise, man, like. Oh, like I can remember like working construction and, you know, like in the South people will like drink a beer like at lunch and it was just like, oh God, it was just like awful. And then it made me, yeah, I guess, yeah, alcohol just is, is different with me. So whatever, but it was like, yeah, but a, a, a good strawberry mojito or a, uh, a beta strawberry lager was, uh, was pretty delicious. You know, I used to love an Abita Andy Gator, mm-hmm. but with the strawberry lager, mm-hmm. the strawberry, mm, mm-hmm. but you know what that does? It gets you in trouble. We would do Barney's, which it, don't at me if I'm wrong, but it was uh, it was either Blue Moon and Andy Gator or Purple, I think it was Purple Haze and Andy Gator, or maybe it was Blue Moon and Purple Haze. One of One combination of those, but it was very good. Don't face that. No, it was good. It's the same concept. Yeah, the Andy Gator plus, yeah, good stuff. Oh, then it was probably Andy Gator and and Purple Haze or Andy Gator and Blue Moon. Yeah, it was Barney, the Purple Haze. I'm just thinking Purple Haze and Blue Moon. That's the other thing. Oh, my internet connection. Oh, yeah, we're good. I can see. Okay. The other thing is, like, I if I miss something, which I think is really nice, I can just remember it, and then I taste it. Right. And so I haven't had. I haven't had like a moment where I've been incredibly tempted. Like I was at a party and they were drinking red wine and I just smelled it and I was like, Oh, okay. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. I also <laughs> my, on the mocktail front, my, my restaurant drink of choice and I try to sample as many as I can are Shirley temples. And I used to get lambasted <gasps> relentlessly from my friends until they finally ordered them and they're like, Oh yeah, it's delicious, dude. Delicious. It's a good Damn. ass drink, especially if they really know how to make it. Like if they don't just slap it together, like ooh. A balanced straw, <laughs> balanced Shirley Temple. Yeah, and I try to be a man. I'm like, let me get a cherry sprite, <laughs> and my <laughs> friends will be like, you mean a Shirley Temple, you bitch? <laughs> uh. Yeah, apparently there's a whole thing about like um, uh, making 
um, like energy drink mocktails, which I also found out that the original, which it makes sense by the name of Mountain Dew, but the original reason Mountain Dew was made was as a whiskey chaser. That makes sense. It does make sense. Yep. I makes sense. That. The more no. you know. I love Mountain Dew. It's... Ugh. My ex's sister drinks like a 12-pack a day. I... I go through, I realize, I fully realize now the addictive quality of like sodas because like me and Kaylee will go through phases where we'll drink soda and then we'll quit and it's like I crave it specifically and then if I just have one then I go on another run where we're buying soda again and yeah but she's gotten into teas lately which is really awesome yeah like really fancy teas she got this like kettle and tea set and so we've been drinking hella like lemon balm and valerian and chamomile and all that good delicious stuff. That's lovely. It is. It's really cool. How refined. Huh? That's so refined and I know, I know. Pinky's <laughs> out. So, all right. Um <laughs> we just spent fifteen minutes on beverages, but it was delicious. <laughs> um so alright, so we're like mid we're like mid year sober. What was like the, the latter half of, of the year? Um, uh, I, w I panic. I was in a lot of panic because my visa is expiring in August and mm. the summer was great. The summer was really great. Um, I had a lot of physical pain. This year was just really challenging for me all over. Like my, my family, my physical health was like not good. One point during the quarantine, like I couldn't walk cause my sciatic nerve was flared up so much that I, like I physically couldn't walk at all. It was like, I was like, is this my, I'm 90. Um, my physical health was really bad. So I was really frustrated because I teach yoga and also because I really enjoy exercising. Mm -hmm. And so that was not great. Um, and then my visa was expiring and I was worried about a place to live and like staying with my partner and whatever, whatever, whatever. So, um, deal, it was just like very stressful. And, uh, I found an osteopath, which is not the same as a chiropractor. And he said, your entire body's doing this thing because you're stressed. And I was stressed because of the guy that I was with, not even really my visa. And so I got an apartment and then my body pain went away and my ability to like feel really good again came back. And so it's been, I've been feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, I feel pretty good. Like I feel hope I have hope again, which like feels really nice. And, um, and I have a lot of clarity and I'm not, regretting the last year and you know it's interesting like french culture you know they're used they're known for drinking wine and whatever but if you walk by a cafe most people aren't drinking wine they're drinking soda or coffee yeah they don't uh, drink they don't care. Yeah, yeah they don't care about alcohol the way that we care about alcohol and so it's been kind of encouraged my neighbor was like watching my instagram post and she said why is it she neat you're not drinking whatever it's not a big deal and i'm like oh Thank, thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> you haven't gone to like a French AA meeting just like for curiosity's sake? No, um, I tried to join two virtual French AA meetings, but I missed both of them because my, my, I had students instead. So I didn't, but I had the thought. I tried it. Yeah, I, I would be, if you find one, I kind of want to come with you just because just I'm freaking, even though they'd all be speaking French, but. They have American, like English speaking 
Yeah, find Eight. one. I want to go oh. just because I'm. I want to go to a uh, AA meeting uh, in a different country. Just just because I'm super curious. You um, know what? What I'm about to go to Ireland. On, I'm going to. So on Thursday is Monday and Thursday is when the English speaking one is via Zoom. But I'm a, I'm going to Ireland on Friday, and you want to talk about an AA meeting? Yeah. You know the yeah I've, I've met some ireland aa people um i mean like vicariously and yeah there's some real ass folks over there <laughs> wait did you come back to the states at some point i thought i remember seeing that oh okay not yet um i've been taught i've been considering it but um i'm not ready yet it's just like yeah it's uh it's not a good time to come back <laughs> we are <laughs> you might get here and we'll all be gone um <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. What does so well? Well, to um to tie it in a bow. Also, so how did your dad finally end up getting sober? So, so my mom called me and she's like, "Your dad's going into the." So my dad couldn't get surgery because he had COVID. So they postponed him going into the hospital by three weeks. He was going. So the week that he was supposed to go into the hospital, my mom calls me and she's like, listen, I don't mind buying him cigarettes because whatever, he's going to go get this shit removed. And I mean, he it's whatever, but I'm not fucking buying him tequila anymore because he's just an asshole. And he was saying really mean things to her. Mm. And I was like, mom, if dad wants to numb, let him numb. Like we can't control his addiction. And then we, her and I are talking, we're like trying to discuss his care and I was, and I realized that my dad would have been forced to be sober anyway, because he'd be going into the hospital. So my mom, so then I, I said, okay, that's fine. Don't buy dad tequila anymore. And my dad couldn't, my dad was at the point where he couldn't walk because his body is so frail. You know, like my dad's super tall mm-hmm. and weighed, I think he weighed 120 pounds. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, we weigh the same. Yeah. Like that's, that's emaciated. Yeah, he was emaciated, but he couldn't walk. And so my mom quit buying in tequila and those two and a half weeks that went by, he started being able to walk again. He was making his own decisions. He also was really angry mm-hmm. at everyone around him because they were acting like he was a derelict and he didn't know the things that he'd said. He had mm. no idea the messages that he'd been sending. And so my mom forced him to quit drinking tequila, but he was drinking Bud Light but he wasn't getting wasted. Yeah, there, yeah, there's a large difference for sure. Big difference. And then uh, and then, then he went to the hospital. And so because he's, he's really, he's doing a really good job, like his body and his spirit really want to live. Um, and so he's been fighting through it. And he has been, if he wants to live, he can't drink right now because he's so sick from the chemo and the radiation. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I was like. So he's being treated for it. Yeah. All right, good. And he went cold turkey, which is well, not I mean, advisable. A, no, not for him. No, but for started, anyone. No. <laughs> not advisable. Don't do that. Nobody do it. No. So, well, that's awesome, dude. Um, and hopefully you will make it back to America, at least for a visit, so we can hang out. But, so, speaking of the U.S. and A, um, what, what is the European opinion of what is going on over here it's on the news all the time i i'm i mean there are things about francis covid situation and the and what's going on but there's just a lot of 
quotes it's just donald trump being quoted a lot because he's our current our current leader and it's more it's they think we're foolish and they're confused by us and some. but agree you know it well and you know we're i'm in a country where they really value and granite and granite there's a lot of discrimination here. There's a lot, I mean, it's the same problems in, in all countries all over the world. Like, I, I feel like I need to preface that. Um, but the degree that the United States leads by example is just like so far beyond what any other country does, any other developed country does. So like- What do you, um, what do you mean? COVID, COVID resources here, for example. Like the way that there are people in restaurants here are 100% provided for by the government because it's a socialist system. So they're not freaking out. I mean, they're stressed, but they're not freaking out about how they're gonna pay their rent. And they're not freaking out about their healthcare because they have healthcare because it's provided by the government. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and so if you get COVID here, it's not necessary. I mean, there's like, there's, there's measures in place and people are being provided for. And also mask ob obligatoire is everywhere. You can't go in. I mean, there are people in the streets who don't have masks on, but then there are also police walking around saying, please put on your mask. You can't get on the train without a mask. You can't, there are security at the mall. Like you can't walk into buildings without masks. It's, it's, it's proactive. And, and I'm grateful to be the reason I want to stay here is because I've been able to observe what it looks like to, for a government to provide for its citizens. Yeah. And what, what's and, the, so what's the, what are the downsides, if any, like what, like the reasons that like Americans are so afraid of it? I don't, the, like I mean, taxes? I think taxes. Yeah. People, I mean, taxes for sure. This is a very, you can't real estate here is not the same sort of investment that real estate in the United States is because there's, it's monitored because they want to make sure that people are, it's, it's not a capitalist structure, right? So like my ex and I bought a home over two years, it appreciated a hundred thousand dollars. We made that because of, of gentrification essentially. Um, you can't do that here. You can make a certain percentage more after you sell your home. Your second home, you can only have, you can only make so much money off of. This is like how it has been explained to me. It's not necessarily like by the book, but there's a lot of limitations on on income di distribution because they want people. It's they want people to have equal resources, so you get taxed more depending. And and it's like you make X amount, you get taxed this amount. You get X amount, like it, it increases, and it's people in America really, really care about money. And I understand it. I see it. And there are some, there are a lot, financially, there are more opportunities in the United States because there aren't as many limitations. Mm -hmm. We can, you, it's encouraged for us to be entrepreneurs. It's encouraged for us to do these things. And there are loopholes for us to create wealth for ourselves. But it also, you know, we don't understand that when we start creating wealth and employing other people that when we bring other people into our employer or when we start providing resources to a community we then become responsible for the person we're employing and also responsible for the community that we're a part of yeah and so business owners in the united states are worried about well i don't want to have to pay taxes for my employees i don't want the minimum wage to raise because i don't want to have to pay them more what they're saying is 
I don't want to have to sacrifice my wealth to make sure that this person can live. And it is your responsibility to make sure that sure that person can live or you don't get to have an employee. And like, that's very, it's understood here that like it's people <laughs> because, have the right to live. Because the last time there was a big wealth disparity, uh, they cut people's heads off. There was the French revolt, French revolution. <laughs> and which, which I mean, really, and they and they've they've shown that the we have now surpassed the disparity that preceded the French Revolution of of between the lowest class and the highest class, and it's just, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it things aren't things aren't the greatest over here, and the the political shit is out of control, like. You can't like now it, it's literally like lifelong friendships and, and family relationships have been ended based mm-hmm. on demanding to know who you're voting for, what party you belong to. Like I've been labeled a libertarian so many times and I'm just like, what? Like, I don't, what do you, what? That, uh, I'm not like... Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, what do you, why do I, why must I be something? Right. And, and that's kind of, it's, it's the other downside is that we only have two political parties in France. There's like five to 12. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I don't, is there a feeling in other countries that like the world is witnessing America's downfall or yes yes 100% and actually um there's almost like a mini for the people some people want to see the demise oh yeah and that's France is like we gonna get Louisiana back you sons of bitches (laughs) (laughs) oh we remember how much we paid we'll give you a dollar more it's true though dude. they're probably like dibs yeah but it, 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 it yes man and it's throw it up and pull it into an island it's ours yeah and and a lot of a lot of folks here will think that that's like being really extreme like oh that'll never happen it's like you know it's happened to literally every great civilization now whether that's going to happen anytime soon like no realistically probably not but like in the next hundred years yeah i mean that's certain if if things don't change it's certainly not impossible and so it's you know it's i i would really love to see the u.s gain have more political parties because all of the republicans are not all the are not all aligned all the democrats are not all aligned you know, there are libertarians that pretend to be one thing. I would really like to see the Black Panthers come back. Like, we need representation in the country that adequately represents the citizens that make up the country, and we don't have that. And if there were an opportunity for that to happen, I think that there, that, there, that we won't fall. But the- I think that the way that we're headed right now, if only two, if the same person represents however many billions of people are in the United States, that person cannot adequately represent all of these people. It's oh, hell no. No. And so the what what I, my personal theory, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but I haven't looked into it enough to see who else believes it, but is is that like 
we we suffer from and this is kind of a I guess it's more western. I don't know. It's kind of a human thing, but we suffer from the um kind of like freshmen that get bullied and by seniors. When they become seniors, they bully the freshmen and the cycle continues forever, okay? And so it's the same thing with radical feminism. It's like, okay, when we're in power, now we're going to do everything to men that you did to us, okay? And yeah. then the pendulum will inevitably shift back like it always does, and then the men are going to say, ooh, just wait until we get in there. You ain't never going to leave the kitchen, you know? Like, And then it's going to swing back, and like, you know, you're going to be in the kitchen, men, and it's so... Or the same with racial things. It's like, until... It, it, it's like, it goes beyond justice and then it swings towards revenge and that just never works because it'll always build resentment in whatever group is in the the lesser power dynamic and whenever the power swings back it, it's gonna you know it's the same thing with like you know as soon as the democrats get back in power they'll undo everything republicans did and then vice you know that's what we're experiencing right now and it's like until who whoever is the group assuming power has grace on the previous people in power then it, yeah. it, it's never gonna stop it's never gonna well, stop yeah and you know it's really interesting you know i t ireland france like europe you know it's not hard like take roe v wade for example like they may they pass the abortion rights here they pass gay rights here, check, check, let's move on, let's go start tackling new, like it passed, whatever, let's move past it. In the US, yeah. check, check, oh hell no, let's dwell. Let's dwell and fester and keep coming back to this. And it's like, Roe v. Wade happened in 1973, I think. Why are we in 2020 still trying to overturn something that happened in 1973? That's a waste of time and energy and money. It already happened, like move for it. And it doesn't, and it's almost like it doesn't really matter. We don't want to, we don't, and it's weird, like we use words like they're so progressive. Progress is in the word progressive. Yeah. So it's not, you don't have to be progressive to want to move past past issues. Oh, we lost that battle. Let's find another one to fight instead of trying to like rehash something that's already passed. It's really, we can't. I don't know why that's our politi political structure, but it didn't happen before Obama. They, it wasn't like this before Obama. Like, to the degree that, it, to the degree, to the degree. Like, the, there was still cross, like, cross-party communication pre-Obama. And then when, in, in, like, in between, I was talking about this the other day, like, in, at the end of his first term into his second term, that was when the Re Republican Party just went nuts on his ass and then started being blocking instead of instead of working alongside him. And then that carried over into, well, Donald Trump becomes president, which I don't even, I'm not gonna, I won't comment on him, but just like the inability of the parties to work together mm -hmm. because of that revenge mentality mm -hmm. has been just heightened. And then, and then I know a lot of, you know, people that I love and well-meaning people that will vote for Trump 
for what I believe is like their issues voters, right? They're, they're, they will ignore the person because they, they have to, you know, things like abortion and all that, they have to vote for. But it, the, the whole, and it, you know, it, I get frustrated when people cannot wake up to the fact that they are just being manipulated and corralled and gaslighted on all sides and they think that they're having these ideas on their own and it's like I guess yeah social media is a real a real factor in that um but it's like how do you how can you not see that it's like you don't really hate this person like you really don't not if you met them not if you talked to them you know probably not like it but but you have been conditioned and trained that if this person has this support for whoever, then y'all are enemies and you must be enemies. And it's like, I just watched Borat too. And it was both hilarious and so sad because of like, like he's obviously being ridiculous. Um, but there are people that are just like believing and applauding his ridiculousness at like, as far as like being a ridiculous, um, like typical Trump supporter or whatever. And people are like, yeah, like it, uh, I don't know. We're, we're in a messy spot and this is where it's like, and what, what really saddens me and has really disgusted me is how evangelical Christianity has just fucking latched onto it. And it's like, that's the antichrist shit that the bible talks about it's like this is like y'all are really like what are you doing like what are you doing like how can you do this like how like uh, it's gross like i was listening to this podcast and this woman said that if we if we look at like if we look at Donald Trump as an image and as a figure, I feel like maybe, I don't know if I talked to you about this. I talked to somebody about this, that there's a, that arguably Donald Trump could be perceived as an angel shedding light and reflecting all of, all of the, the anger and hatred and negativity that is happening within the world because, and because he's bringing it to the forefront, it is now having the opportunity to be addressed, ultimately making him a, a, almost a savior <laughs> yeah or, or he would be like an angel of judgment yeah like like it would be it's kind of like okay this is what you wanted then like here you go let's see if this is really what you wanted and yeah, yeah like yeah that's i mean that's a fair point because it's like i i do i do believe that leaders are um and i'll be careful with this yeah, I guess I do believe that, le that you know, everything is um, ordained or in control or whatever verbiage you want to place to it. But, yeah, I think it's all for a reason. Um, I don't think anything happens outside of uh, God's control. So, yeah, I would have to think that there is some sort of reason for it. And it, it, it I just think it may be the opposite of what people think it is. And it's like, yeah, perhaps this is like, this is the, uh, the judgment of, you know, of America. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? And I do, think, I do think in terms of just the Black Lives Matters movement and the racial injustices that are becoming more and more apparent, 
it the dysfunction and gross stories and the truth that's coming out about the US has actually created a platform for other racial injustices to come forward in other countries. And so like while while we're publicly in shambles, we are creating opportunity because because we are the world leader, we are leading other communities across the world to be able to come up and to stand up for themselves. What's, so I think what's that, the big racial issues in France? Um, there's a lot of anti-Semitism here. There's a mm. lot of uh, anti-Muslim se sentiment. I can't say that word, anti-Muslim sentiment. You know, there's a very large um, immigration population of people who are Muslim or who practice Islam because France took over, like Morocco speaks like their version of Arabic and they also speak French. And so a lot of those people who practice Islam come over to France and that's, it's more, and also like, Cameroon and other countries in Africa. Um, and so there's just like a lot of, there's a lot of tension here. And I think um, like even um, the guy that, go. <laughs> yeah, cause France was the Charlie Hebdo stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The um, the political cartoonist who did the cartoon. Yes. Yeah. And so didn't yes. they, that the headquarters, they just projected that image on the side of the building Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's, I believe so, which is like, then, ooh, that's gutsy. That, that, well, it opens up a conversation of like, what is a government's responsibility to embrace a um, cultural immersion? You know, like if you know that you have a very large population of people who practice a certain religion, is it not your job to make sure that ensure that there's education and tolerance because you're, you are now a melting pot. You are no longer just, you're not isolated anymore. Yeah. And that true. doesn't, that, that doesn't mean that I condone the murder of that man by any means, but I do think that that man who historically had in his classroom, anti-Muslim sentiment should have, it should have already been addressed prior to that. Right. And it's one of those, like, you know, your, your, um, it's it's like Christians don't don't um, condone you know Dylan Roof massacring church even though he would probably say it's some way down the line he was doing God's work or whatever it's like you right. know they're you know it's extremist things um, I don't know me and my friend were just talking about how there's just such a like muddy dark spiritual overtone to everything right now. Or at least over here, and it's just like it feels like something's. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. It's hard to you know, and not not in like an apocalyptic sense um, that something's about to happen, but it's like it feels like we are you know in the midst of something historical as far as like societal or cultural or like universal consciousness change yeah i think that per specifically the universal consciousness change if you if you look at like what books people are reading now or the conversations that people are having or the the things that are trending on the internet i mean not just there are things that are far more popular than they ever once were like my this is not like directly on point but kind of so like okay i'll be on point so like gabby bernstein 
has probably one of the largest platforms to talk about spirituality. And actually, even though she was raised Jewish, speaks like practices and teaches people from a book that came from a Christian lens. And then she interpreted it and made it universal. And it is, she, her, she made spirituality trendy, but mm -hmm. there's, because it's trendy to be talking about things that are enlightened, look at like Eckhart Tolle and look at the conversations that like even Oprah Winfrey's having. But also if you look at like our, our, the popularity of taking care of ourselves and like being kind to ourselves and not necessarily like the millennials or snowflakes way, but as in a like, we want to make sure that we're fucking here and we're fucking present and we're taking care of this thing so that we can take care of these things like even sobriety is trendy even like if you yeah my i've had three posts on instagram go not go viral but have trended like one of my posts have has almost 700 likes i don't that's weird mm. because because there's such a like there's a growth in some in the sobriety movement for sure you know it's just people are wanting to take care of themselves and they're wanting to take care of the environment around them. And they're wanting to understand the greater thing that connects us. Yeah. Well, and it's that like was... enough of a, enough of us have, I think, um, tried to go down that road and, and found it wanting or just like saw a lot of our friends die. And so it's like, okay, maybe, maybe we need to try something else perhaps. Uh, and yeah, it's just not, yeah, it's definitely not as cool anymore to just be just completely fucked up all the time. Like it's not it's not nearly as acceptable. No, it's not. And also the the need for genuine connection, I think is far stronger than it was maybe even like I mean definitely a year ago, but like even like maybe 5 or 10 years ago where like I don't want to be in a party and have bullshit conversation. And yeah. And have like, but pretend like it's intimate because I'm wasted and the next morning wake up and not know what I talked about. Like, I just, I want to have a real conversation or I don't want to fucking talk. It may be like a sense of mortality or that like you, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow, perhaps. Um, I, I mean, I know that's why it is for me where it's like, I, yeah, I just don't have the time. Like, I, small talk is so meaningless to me it's so worthless like why why <laughs> like why are we doing this like why are we doing this like weird social dance there's no point but also like you you and i and people like us and there are a lot of people like us have had really traumatic life experiences very early on true like you, you truly almost died mm -hmm. or maybe you did die like who's to say yeah. right and so having that experience at such a young age and being able for whatever reason to have the consciousness to say, now I choose different where mm -hmm. so many have not been able to do that, but you had the ability for whatever reason you were called to make that choice. But I think that that says something. And I think that, that also you were called to make that choice because in some way you were needed to lead other people to, to have the conversation like it's it's the time the age of aquarius yeah <laughs> age of aquarius. which is weird it is yeah which which is weird it's a weird thing um it's still weird to get messages or saying that i was like inspiring or whatever it still feels strange um because a lot of it seems like it almost happens in like a fugue state where it's like uh, i i feel less than useless 
and uh, then to hear people be like, oh my gosh, it, it did this, that, and the other. It's like, what? Like, really? Okay. Like that, then I guess that's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the best I can hope for, but it's, it's like, I wish I could, uh, turn that into, I mean, sometimes I can turn it into like motivation, but, um, I guess that's why I've, I've tried to get in the practice of just like genuinely accepting it and just being like, Oh wow, thank you. And trying to absorb it instead of just trying to convince myself reasons why that's not true. Um, which I guess is just my own crap, but. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, Tay Tay. I got to get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Let's, um, oh, yeah. Point people to your, uh, your, uh, your socias and all your stuff you're doing, your blogs and whatnot. Um, my website is livingwonderful, W A N D E R F U L L dot com. Um, my personal Instagram is livingwonderful at living wonderful and then um i started like a like a professional instagram it's at the babe project b-a-b-e it's for women um focused on self-care with a hyper focus and sobriety for women who are just like ready to to take care of themselves in in all the ways not just taking a shower once a day nice all right Fresh.